Good morning. So good to be here this morning. I am honored uh, to stand here this morning before you and uh, excited about some of our friends in ministry that are here. Glad to have them with us uh, that have come and uh, excited about the Word of God this morning. This has been the longest weekend of my life. You ever have those long weekends? You know, you're, you're, you're getting prepared and you're like, uh, I spent uh, the month of August in the mountains with the uh, just spending some time fasting with the Lord. The whole month I was there. I learned a few things while I was there. I did learn how to whittle. I didn't really understand why I was learning how to whittle, but when you're 28 days not eating any food and you're there, uh, you pick up something. And um, I learned this weekend why I learned to whittle, because I've been whittling down on this sermon for the whole weekend. <laughs> uh, you know, you just got so much, and you're like, God, i got to put that in there. He said, no, you need to take that out. You need to get rid of that. Get that off of there. And so I have whittled it down. That's all I can say is it's whittled down. Uh, but other than that, uh, I haven't. My notebook that I prepared while I was there, it was an incredible time with the Lord. And I'll, I'll have more to say about that later because it was an incredible time with the Lord. But I have a notebook. I went through three ink pens writing stuff down and uh, haven't shared any of it. And uh, even this morning, what the Lord has put on my heart to to share with you, I believe God is going to heal somebody's heart today. I believe somebody is going to receive healing on the inside. How many knows he's a healer? He is a healer. You know, there's so much bad going on around us. It's easy to get focused on the bad stuff of the world. And almost the enemy would try to distract us to forget who God is and how big God is and how awesome God is. And he's never failed us. And, uh, you know, you, you, you kind of sometimes, you ever woke up and asked yourself, how did I get here? I'm not talking about the days back when you really didn't remember how you got there. <laughs> I know, I know, we have those days. Some of you don't know. My my little dear wife, she wouldn't have a clue what that would mean. The worst thing she ever done was pick up a cigarette butt that her uncle had dropped and took a, a smoke off of it. And <laughs> felt so bad about that. But some of us know what it was. We'd wake up somewhere and wonder how did I get here. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about life in general. Life. Life today, right where I'm at. You wake up, you look, you say, how in the world did I get here? How did these circumstances happen that got me here? Right right here. Right, today, right here. Standing right. What, what got me here? What got me where I'm facing issues in life? Some people wake up in the morning like don't even want to get out of bed. You ever been there? Didn't want to cover up your head and stay there for an extra hour or two or hope you fall back asleep. You know, and the thing is, you probably didn't get there where you're at overnight. You're probably not going to get out of where you're at overnight. Probably not going to happen overnight. And that's the problem that we have a lot of times is we don't want to wait for anything. How many knows? It's, we don't want to wait for anything. I've got me a new puppy dog, and I want her to be trained day one. And she's come a long way, and uh, she's doing really good. But it's been a process. Anything that's worth anything takes a process to get there. Now, I'm talking about your life. Anything that's worth anything is going to take a process to get there. And uh, I've been watching a few things that I've, I've started watching just really happened out of curiosity. Uh, but I've been watching some of those 
Judiciary Committee questionings. I love watching those things. Now, I've got some of my favorite that ask questions. I won't tell you who they are because you might not like them. But it's so interesting to me as I've been watching those that they, that, that they begin to question someone and they will ask these very difficult questions. And that recipient of that question will say, well, thank you for that question. I'm thinking, you're not, you might have that coming out of your mouth, but you ain't thankful at all for that question. Thank you so much, Senator, for that question. Thank you, Madam Speaker, for that question. That's a good question. Inside, they're like, what the heck are you asking me that for? What are you trying to stir up in me? Well, that's kind of where I'm at today with us is asking us, how did I get here? I don't want to talk about how I got here. I don't want you to ask me how I got here. I don't want to talk about how I got here. I have learned how I got here to put it under the rug and not deal with it. I'm so excited about this. We, what, we, what we do is we learn how to, how to live instead of deal. And it being New Year's, we've all learned we don't make resolutions, right? We, remember that, you know, you, and then one day we finally said, I made a resolution never to make another resolution. <laughs> what about a new life resolution? Instead of a New Year's resolution, we don't make them anymore, a new life resolution. I would like for life to be new. How many would like to have something new in life? A certain area, a thing that you've been dealing with, something that, something that you don't know how it's going to go away, you don't know how to get rid of it, you don't know what to do, so you've just learned to deal with that. I, I, I've made a decision to have a new life resolution because there's a whole lot more life in here that I can have that I'm not walking in, and I have spent a month in the mountains with God on the top of the mountain. You find out I don't know as much about it as I thought I knew about it. So as you spend that time fasting, you begin to lose weight. It wasn't about losing weight. I didn't go there to lose weight. I went there because he said, I want you to go fast. And I knew it, and I knew the timing of it, and I couldn't miss the timing of it, but something happened, I began to lose weight. And I lost some weight. And it, 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 as I would lose that weight, and that stuff would begin to fall off of me, I, I began to realize I'm so attached to the world. We are more attached to this world than we think we are. We are more attached to this. It was a process for that weight to come off. But guess what? When I came back and started eating again, a process reversed and it started coming back on. It didn't happen as fast as I thought it would. A lot of times everybody says it's, it's a lot quicker to gain it than it is to lose it. It, it took a while, but it's a process of getting some stuff off, getting rid of some stuff so that I can put something else on. So what did you take off? Well, the fasting and the food part of it was just part of it. But it was the connection to all the stuff of the world that had to be put off so that I could hear him a little clearer. Look at your neighbor and say, he's not going to preach about fasting. <laughs> you will not leave here thinking you can't go eat. That, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm saying is to make a change and get a change, you're going to have to walk in some change. You're going to have to begin to walk in some things that you're not normally walking in. We, we, 
I'm not talking about the disciplines of your life, but I'm talking about the things that have become a ritual in your life. There's a lot of difference between discipline. I told Pastor Barb today, I said, I'm just going to talk. I'm just going to talk to you today. Okay? I want you to hear what the Spirit of the Lord says today. I want you to pray. Father, I come right now in that mighty name of Jesus Christ, your Holy Son. I thank you for the Holy Spirit who is the teacher. I thank you that he will teach and lead and guide us into all truth. And I pray, Father, that you will speak to us individually, each one of us, exactly where we're at, what we need to hear, what you want to speak to us, and we will receive that which you desire to give us today. And everybody say, Amen. So I, I made a statement uh, last night or this last night or this morning, and I told Barb I said if the shoe don't fit, don't wear it. Anybody ever heard that? If the shoe don't fit, don't wear it. I said, well, the problem with that is we have a lot of barefoot Christians. <laughs> Nobody ever wants to wear anything. As a believer, it, it, sometimes it's difficult for us to receive what God wants us to receive because it means I've got to wear this shoe. I might find myself in some places today. I'm not sure exactly how I wound up here, but I don't really like it. But I've become so used to living, and this is my life, and this is who I am, and this is how I am, and this is how people know me. And, and you know, we always go to those, you know, big things that people get addicted to and that's boy, boy, we jump on those pornography and drugs and alcohol and sex all and all the stuff that we can get addicted to how many is glad God set you free from some kind of addiction so we find ourselves talking about those things but we don't a lot of times talk about bitterness or unforgiveness hurts and wounds that we carry for our whole life how, how, how did I get here so, there's some people that I I don't really like to be around very long because when they start talking, it's so negative. Negative. And we all deal with negative stuff. I'm telling you, we deal with negative stuff. We do. I'm not belittling nothing that we... But there's some people, when you get around them, it just, it just starts and it spirals downhill so fast. You're like, my God, how do you even live? I mean, the, the in-laws are terrible. The outlaws are terrible. The kids are terrible. The preacher's terrible. The elders are terrible. The employee boss is terrible. Those that I work with are terrible. The world is terrible. You know, our president. president. There's so much terrible. And I get started on the terrible, and it just it is a cycle. And, and you give them a moment, to, and it's like, oh, my God. You leave there going, oh. You don't want to be around that. They don't know how they got there. They didn't get there overnight. They just got there. And they wake up and, and life has thrown so many bad pitches at them. And some of those balls that have been thrown, they caught them. And then they learned how to put on a mitt and catch it. If it's negative flying around, they got that special glove out that actually reaches out and grabs it. Attaches it. 
and it becomes part of who they are. And when you think about those things, people are rejected and neglected and hurt and abandoned and wounded. Yes, I understand. It creates things inside. And you wake up and one day it's like, oh, it's just who I am. It's not just who you are. There is an accuser that will take what you've been through and start making accusations. Now, the accuser will go before God. Do you know the devil goes about, and Job, it talks about, he goes right there with the sons of God before God, and God will look at, what are you doing? I've been going in and out throughout the earth. Well, have you considered my ser servant Job? There's none like him. So there's an accuser that goes before God, but there's an accuser that comes to us. You ever hear those accusing words? You, you're worthless. You failed, you failed, you failed, you failure, you failure. And he speaks those things to us to the point that we start listening to those and we hear those. Now, I, I know that the accuser has always been here, but as I was thinking on that, I thought, well, what happened when the accuser was in the garden? Adam and Eve walking around naked. Y'all are naked. Naked, I didn't. What's that? Go to God. Y'all are naked. They had no understanding of nakedness. How can you accuse somebody of something that isn't so? How could the accuser accuse Adam and Eve before the fall? He had no grounds to accuse them. I can't accuse them of being naked. Now, if somebody comes streaking in today, we can accuse them. <laughs> Was it back in that 70s, 80s? The streak? And people run across them football fields. Lord, my God. I, I don't get it anyway, but they had no grounds to accuse them of. I mean, Adam's peeping through the grapevine. Only thing he's going to see is his wife Eve. But Sheba's not there yet. There no grounds for accusation. Well, they're eating too much. They're glutton. Eating too many coconuts and bananas. It's a land that flows with milk and honey. There's nothing to accuse them of. You get that. Don't you get that? The accuser could not accuse them because there was nothing he could accuse them of. There was no good and evil. They did exactly what the word of the Lord told them to do. So the enemy had to look for an area that he could get a foothold in on Adam and Eve, the first Adam. I can't accuse them. They can't do anything wrong. There's nothing that they can do wrong. That's hard to wrap your mind around, ain't it? How many would like to be like that? Nothing you can accuse. Don't you wish there was nothing that you could be accused? Have you ever been accused rightfully or wrongfully? Which one hurts the worst? How many say being rightfully accused hurts? And how many say being wrongfully accused hurts? Oh, I think about, let me think about those. But they both hurt. But the rightfully accused will hurt worse. Wrongfully accused, you know, it's not real grounds. You wait for God to destroy that. Let the truth be revealed. Bring the truth out. So he has no grounds which by there he can accuse Adam and Eve. So he goes with, with what they had been told. The word. 
Now, we don't know how long he spoke to Adam and Eve. We don't know. We, we read the story, but we don't understand the timing. We don't understand the timing of how long Adam and Eve were in the garden before the fall. Can I assure you it wasn't the eighth day? I had, I had somebody that got shut down from teaching their class because they said it could have been more than two years that Adam and Eve were actually there. And they said, well, they shut me down. You didn't teach me here. That's hearsay. Well, well, how long was it then? Was it the eighth day, ninth day? Were they there two months? Were they a year? How long were they in the garden, tending the garden, before the enemy come in and he attacked the word? Hath not God said? Well, we always hear that sermon, how the devil twisted what the word said, but if you read it, it's actually Eve that twisted what the word said. She said, God had said... This fruit, you shall eat of it, but you can't, you can't eat this one or touch it. He never said that. And the devil didn't say that. The devil just said, look at this fruit. So there had to be something going on for a season in her life that started twisting in her mind what God had said. And I, I've been talking this week to different people about deception and being deceived. And there's a big difference. <clears throat> you can walk in deception and not be deceived. You can walk in deception and not be deceived. But if you walk in deception long enough, you will become deceived and feel like what you think you know is the truth. Deception is walking in something that I know is wrong. How many's ever walked in deception? You knew it was wrong, but you chose to walk in it anyway. Deception. I know what the word says. I know the word says I shouldn't, but I desire to, so I'm going to, and I walk it out. Anybody? Anybody done that this week? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> Anybody do that this morning? Here, here's the thing what, what happens is we deception we start walking in it and then there comes a point you walk in it long enough then it's okay to do it and that's where we find a lot of stuff going on in the body of Christ right now that's not according to the word of God and I'm not going through a list of attacking what it is but I do say this he said be you holy for I am holy walk holy walk upright walk in righteousness walk in whatsoever is good and pure and be thankful to God so what it, what it is to walk in deception. I know I should not be looking at this, but my Lord, it looks like I'm tempted and I'm going to, and I start walking in it. My language must line up with what is pure and right. And how many sailors do we have in here? How many of you still a sailor? Some of you are like, I don't know what to So what happens, what happens with that is, a lot of things in the church right now don't look any different than the world. I hate when you get on those topics. I can't help it. I, I, I go to the mountains for, you know, I go to the mountains, spend 28 days with God, and I say, God, give me a message of prosperity and blessing and, you know, promotion and all this stuff. And here's what happens is people get revelations on a specific thing, and that revelation comes through the cross. Do you know that we have been supplied everything that we will ever need through the cross? 
Not just healing, but wholeness comes through the cross. But a person will get a revelation from God about prosperity, and it comes through the cross. He wants me to prosper. How many believe God wants you to prosper? He don't need me to have 14 mansions. He just wants me to prosper. What does that look like? Righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost, a roof over my head, and, and some food to put in my belly. And don't need nowhere near as much as we eat. Anyway, I, I, so, so he, wants to, he wants to bless me, and someone gets a, they get this revelation about prosperity, and, it, and it's because they're walking in the Word, and they're digging in the Word, and they find out God wants me to be prosperous and bless me. But what happens is others that hear that don't want to go through the cross we want to bypass the cross and just get over to that part, the prosperity. How many believe God wants to heal your body? Yeah. Yeah, He wants to heal our body. By His stripes you were healed. By the stripes that Jesus bore so that I could be healed. And people get a revelation on that when they're in the Word of God. They're like, you know they spit on Him. They plucked His beard. They beat Him. They bruised Him. And He opened not His mouth so that I would be able to be healed. People get a revelation on that. So they preach about healing. And then they have a healing crusade. And one of my favorite people in the world is Pastor Billy Burke. And he flows in the gift of healing. When God desires to flow in that gift, it just flows and people get healed. But a lot of people don't find it. They try to bypass the cross. I just want the healing. I don't want all the other stuff that goes with it. I just want the healing. I want the peace of mind. I want the joy. I want the happiness. I don't want the suffering. I don't want to bear no cross. I just want the blessing. There is no blessing. Without a price, it's paid. So, is it my, I'm up there and I'm, I'm, I'm doing this and I'm studying and I'm praying and I'm, I'm understanding. He wants to bless me, but it comes through the cross. Everything comes through the cross. There, the, what, what has been provided for us come through the cross. Adam and Eve could not be accused until the word got distorted that they were walking in. We have a lot of people walking in a distorted word. We have a lot of people that don't understand you are the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. How many know you're the righteousness of God? Well, I am when I'm working for Him. Well, no, sis, it ain't got nothing to do about what you're doing for Him. Because if it was, let's do more work. If it was by our works, my God, let's just shut down everything else and come to work in the house of the Lord 24-7. It ain't by works. So the enemy always attacks the Word of God. The enemy can't attack nothing else. I, wanna, I You know, I would bust a bubble for a lot of witches and all those other stuff. <laughs> the devil is not like God. He is not everywhere at one time. He is not all-knowing. He is not all-present. There is one, and his name is Jehovah. So what he does is he tries to attack the Word. He went to Adam and Eve. He could do nothing else, so he tried to destroy the Word, get them to walk in deception long enough till they became deceived. When they got deceived, well, God said we couldn't, couldn't eat it, couldn't touch it. But yeah, but look at it, how good it looks. You're right, it does look good. So I don't know how long that conversation went on. Jesus went and fasted for 40 days. Now, he's the Son of God. And the devil comes, the Bible says, there for 40 days to tempt him. If thou be the Son of God, well, I am. But 
No. I'm not saying I am. I just, I just heard that. Did you hear that? He just said, I am the Son of God. Jesus said, knowing in himself, I am the Son of God. Well, command these stones to be made bread. I could do that. I'm not going to. I'm not bowing to your command that you're giving me. You're trying to. He's trying to deceive Jesus in the Word of God. Jesus just goes back to Deuteronomy and he says, Man shall not live by, come on, bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. As in Deuteronomy, actually from chapter 6 to 10 is where he used all his weapons. If you be the Son of God, takes him up, cast yourself down. Well, I can cast myself down, I can walk on water. I can fly on the eagle's wings. I was up there. I've got this place that I go pray. Three weeks ago, I'm up there and praying, and I have lists of people I pray for. I wonder if I'm on your list. It doesn't matter. I just I got this thing when I was in the mountains. I've got a table now, and I'm just writing prayer requests all over it. I've got a list of ministers on there, so I'm, I'm, I've got this abandoned, call it abandoned. I think they may still play ball there, but it's a place where I can go pray and walk. I was going to try to stay up here, but, you know, I just, I can't do that. I, I told Barbara, I said, I'm going to write my, out like you and, and Pastor Rhonda, write them all out, and I, it don't work. I, I stumble all over myself trying to stay on them. I go over there, and I pray, and I'm taking my puppy, and I'm walking around this track, and I get up on the top. It ain't very steep, but, boy, when you put 40 pounds back on you, and as I'm going down the hill, it's a, I, I remember it. I pray for Pastor Billy. This is what I pray for him. As his days are, so shall his strength be. I pray that for him over and over. Right behind him, I'm praying for you. Then for Pastor Rhonda, strengthen her, encourage her. And then Pastor Mickey and Roma that we built the house of mercy together. I'm praying for them. And all of a sudden, I felt something and I stopped. And I turn and look up behind me and there's a bald eagle sitting in the tree. Yeah, it was. It was well, you think he came? No, he didn't come back. No, I ain't getting that stupid stuff. No, he gave me a sign, an eagle. And the uh, first thing that hit my mind was me and Pastor Hank used to go up there in Alaska and he preached that. Them things will pick that 14 pound salmon up and fly 30,000 feet high. And I'm like, You after my dog? How dare you be after my dog? You're eyeing my dog. I know what you're doing. You weigh 13 pounds, you can pick her up. I turned around and walked right up that hill. Oh, I mean, a long ways up the hill. And he just sat there and let me walk right under the dead tree and look at him. I said, what are you going to do, try to get my dog? And then he looked down. He jumped up out of that tree and flew right up to the other end of the park and landed in a tree. And then, boy, it hit me. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up wings as eagles you think God doesn't look down you think that there's not a cloud of witnesses watching us right now all Pastor Hank's done is join that cloud of witnesses I just put that in there for him preaching one morning in a hot tub and I looked up into heaven and I saw the prophets the apostles looking down we died for that message what are you doing we gave our life for that message. What are you doing? We're only here for a vapor of time, people. 
We only got a few days left to preach this word and get this word out. To get some souls into the kingdom before the return of the Lord. Anyway, I, Eagle didn't get my puppy. But I got a message out of it. And I called one of the pastors, Mickey. And I said, and that, that Sunday morning, he had shared this with his church. That his ministry, you've got to turn your wings to catch the wind. I said, it don't take nowhere near as much energy out of you if you'll fly as it does if you're trying to run. Come on, how many when you're flying with God, it's just like sailing through life and you think, boy, this got to be easy. It's going to be like this till the Lord comes. And then next week you're like, again, just trying to walk and not faint. You've got enough word in you to get you through. Jesus said, you know what? I could make bread and I could eat it. I wouldn't even have to make it out of them stones. I just called manna down again like I did back in the wilderness. I am the bread. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. It don't sound angry, does it, honey? Okay. <laughs> cast yourself down. I'd cast myself down. I'll, I'll fly on the eagle's wings. It's nothing. Shows him all the kingdoms of the world. Well, really, there had to be some kind of temptation there for the, for the soulish man, or it wasn't a temptation. This is what gets me how American Idol or what is it, the voice or whatever, auditions, and they go on there. I remember one, Jesus take the wheel. Oh, my gosh. On national television, we Giving glory to Jesus. You're treading on thin ice, boy. I don't care. Here's what happens. We start off giving it all to Jesus, but there's some temptation there for the soulish man for the things of the world. And to sell out. Usually return. Raise up a train up a child the way they should go when they're older and not depart from it. Oh, grandma and mama's got a promise there. Might have been the anointing of the Holy Spirit got them on there and got them a position. And then the end, boy, the end, you, you watch. First thing when someone gets famous, the devil, like a crouched lion, runs over trying to get that. That's what he did to Jesus. Look, look there. I'll give it to you if you bow down and worship me. Bow down and worship you. I, I was there when you got kicked out. We own the whole thing. We own it. Me and my dad, we own it. This is ours. By the way, you don't know it, devil. But we got Mars and Jupiter and galaxies after galaxies. We don't know what all's out there. We don't know what all's out there past us. We just know what's here with us. It's just a, something in the bucket, grain of sand in the bucket of what God's created. I don't even know what page I'd be on. <laughs> Say this to you. You can walk in deception and not be deceived, but if you walk in deception long enough, you will become deceived. The devil cannot read your mind. A lot of people think the devil read my mind. The devil can't read your mind. I get so sick of the devil being built up that he's equal with God. Amen. If God 
barely above him. No, he can't read your mind. He can read your mind. We'd all be in bigger trouble than we're in. Right? Come on. You ever been in a position you know if he's reading your mind, you'd be in trouble? Because the devil can't read your mind, but he can read your reactions to situations. He knows your cycles that you go through. Probability. You know how, does everybody know people that have a cycle that every year at this same season they go through this same thing? So he doesn't read your mind, he just watches you. How do you react when someone cuts you off on the highway? Road rage, oh my Lord. How many road rage people do we have in here? Yeah, I wouldn't lift my hand either. Oh, oh my, y'all brave. I used to get so mad at people. I mean, I'm a good driver. I used to have road rage like, why? why, why? And so you start fasting and praying and finding out, that's you soulish man. That's not your reborn spirit, man. That's your soulish man. So I, I had to discipline myself. I have pulled over on the shoulder so many times. I don't do it every time. Most of the time. As hard as it is. I mean, takes everything in me. Son, just pull over on the shoulder. Let them go. Boy, when they get out of sight. I haven't perfected that. But why does that happen? Because your reaction to that. Can I tell one little story? Oh, man, I've got 15 minutes left. I'll tell you a story. I like it when you ain't even thought about something the Holy Spirit might let you know. I got arrested in Sweetwater when I first went there. And I was preaching one night. And we was having church. And, and I got done preaching. And I went out. In the, and somebody had a flat tire. And. We had an air tank, but we didn't have an air chuck. That's the thing that goes on into the hose that airs it up. I just live two blocks up the road. I said, I'll just run up here and get one. And as I pull out, the police is sitting there in the store parking lot. I seen him. I knew he was there. I went and got the air chuck and come back. And I was doing like 43 or something in a 35. And pull right around in front of him back into the church. And he come around. And I could tell I'm going to get a ticket. That's okay. I don't, I never, you shouldn't do this anyway, but I never try to lie out of a ticket. You ever try to lie out of a ticket? I deserve so many. I figure when I get one, I'm still so far ahead. I used to, on vacations, I would always budget in a ticket because I just knew that's part of the budget for the trip I'm going to take. And if I stick to that budget, that's doing really good. You think that's funny, but. So I, he's going to write to you. I said, well, if you don't mind, he's got a flat tire. Can we go ahead and air it up? And he said, yeah, let me tire up the tire. And he's filling out the ticket. And he's a young guy. And then he's got his flashlight. And he's shining. You know, and he said, here, sign here. And I sign it here. And I take it over. And I throw it in the car. And he's walking past me. And he turns around like this. He goes. And I said, well, son, I'm glad you find it so humorous. When I called him son, that was a big mistake. I, I, I mean, he's 21. I, 
40-something. That puts him in the sun category. And, I, and I'm rolling up the air hose. He said, uh, Mr. Sally, I'm not done with you. And I said, yes, you are. I said, you wrote me my ticket. I put it in my car. Now, you need to get in your car, and you need to leave. I know that's not turning the other cheek, but I thought it was. I mean, it's like, just leave. And I got the hose rolled in a coil, and he said, Mr. Sally, drop your hose. <laughs> Mr. Sally, drop your hose. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I make one more round. This the dude comes and he's way bigger than me, comes charging me, took me, knocked both double doors out, ripped the curtains off of them, and we took out three row of chairs. Got my town, all the kids, all the people are there. Kids start screaming. Yeah, are you suffering for the gospel's sake? No. No. He put them handcuffs on me. And they, and they got this special way they twist them, right? And when they twist them, you're going to follow them. And he took me out there to that car. Boy, I, I've done no, no spirit. Spirit was gone. I'm totally fleshed out now. I didn't say no. I didn't cuss him out. That's what I said. I said, if you think you're going to put me in that car by yourself, you better get you some help. There comes a time... Boy, you can make this preaching fit in here. There comes a time when you're like, I'm not being pushed around anymore. <laughs> Wouldn't that preach good? I mean, as far as the devil pushing against you, I, come on. There comes a time you've got to stand your ground. Yeah. I wanted to sue them so bad, and I heard the Lord say, don't you do nothing. Don't you do nothing. They take me over there to the jailhouse. They put me in a cell. They lock me up. guy gets a piece of three rubber hose, starts walking around me. Just say, you want to raise in my house, just do it. I'm out at 3 o'clock in the morning. I knew right then, you better keep your mouth shut. Go home, 3 o'clock in the morning, get a call from the bondswoman. She said, Mr. Sally, this is only a courtesy call, but they didn't process but one. They, see, she said, they had you for disorderly conduct and resisting arrest. They only processed one of them. They're coming to your house. They're going to drag you out of your house. I called Pastor Hank 3 o'clock in the morning. I said, I said, Pastor Hank, what am I supposed to do here? I, I, me? I was going to say, you come drag me out of my house. I done got warning you're coming. Boy, I'm going to preach a sermon on this one time. I'm going to turn it around. I know the devil's coming. I'm prepared. If the good man of the house had known what hour that the thief come, he wouldn't have suffered his house to be broken up. He said, go back over there and let them process it. And I did. And I was mad as a hornet. And I went home. And the Lord said, you let this go, and I'm going to take care of it. It was no time after that that the chief of police joined our Operation Celebration and asked us to join together with them. We went to every school in Monroe County and shared the gospel of Jesus. The sheriff's department joined us out in the, in the city streets to give away bicycles to young kids. Why? Because as bad as I didn't want to, I had to listen to what God's saying. And I said that to say this, I'm in Von Orb. You know, I haven't thought about this for years, so I'm just going to say this is for somebody. 
I got pulled over in Bonnor a few years later, several years later, driving through Bonnor going to another job late at night, and I was speeding. I got pulled over speeding, and I was like, okay, I got speed. I'm going to get a ticket. And it's young. That young guys just don't like me. I look older than I am, and I am old. Comes up to the, so I need to see your, uh, what is they want? License and registration, proof of insurance. I said, I'll have to go around to the side door and get it out. I get out, and he slams the door. And we walk around through there, and he said, your attitude's about to piss me off. <laughs> Not exactly what he said. And I said, well, yours has already ticked me off. And that's not exactly what I said either. So I, I open my door, and I get out my briefcase, and my bow is laying there. And he says, what's that for? Now, I, did, I did try to be nice. It's none of your business. It's not illegal. But I said I didn't want to leave it in the vehicle on another job. And uh, he proceeded to go to his car and I got in my vehicle and I had a deaf guy work for me Nick I, I looked at Nick and I said he's going to try to make me mad I knew it so he gets in his car and the only reason I know this is I've got a recording of it all he gets on there and he calls dispatch and he said can you pull up Tim Sally and see if you have anything on him took him 12 minutes comes back you hear it. Well, he's been arrested once for disorderly conduct and resisting arrest. And he says, well, that's good to know. Your past, your reactions. Oh, gosh. Disorderly conduct and resisting arrest? Grounds. He now has grounds. And he jumps on it. He walks back up to my window and he taps on my window. And he said, I need you to get back out of your car. What do I need to get back out of my car for? We're done. Walk back around in front of his car. He's got his little book and he taps it, his ticket book. Before we deal with this, we're going to deal with something else. And he slams that thing down on the hood of his car and he had already asked me if I was drinking. That made me mad. Everybody's not drinking. You understand? Everybody's not guilty. You've been in a service where kind of stuff. Listen, if you're walking in victory, praise God. If you're not struggling with depression, praise God. Don't get beat up for something you're not. That's right. But if you do need to wear it, wear it. He said, he said I want you to blow in my face. <laughs> That's not good. That's not a sobriety test. I want you blowing my face. And the county officer standing there, and I look over at him. I said, he wants me blowing his face. Now, I honestly thought I was about 10 or 12 inches. But I was about that tall. <laughs> With as big a breath as I could get. I, I promised before the Lord I intended for no I wasn't trying to spit. I wasn't trying to do nothing. I, you want me to blow in your face? You, I, I did. I blowed in his face. And what he does, he takes his hand out. He hits me. I done had 12 minutes to prepare. I done knew he was going to try and make me mad. 
Holy Spirit. You say, Holy Spirit ain't nowhere near when you're riding. Yes, he is. He said, I throwed my hands in my pocket. He said, and he pulls his taser out. Get on the ground. Okay, that's it. Well, I guess this is a jump position. I don't know. I said, get on the ground. accusing you, trying to get you to react because he knows how you've reacted before. Boy, you can surprise the devil. Some of you need to give the devil a big surprise. Devil, I'm not going to react the way I reacted yesterday. Devil, I'm not going to go through the same cycle that I went through last year. Devil, I am not going to respond to what you're trying to get me to respond to. I sat there and I sat there and I sat there. He realized this ain't going to work. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Submit yourselves therefore under the hand of God. He realized that wasn't going to work. He got me up. He said, listen, when you get pulled over, you just need, need to learn how to act. I was tr just trying to be nice to you. I won't tell you how mad I was when I got home. And I won't tell you how much of a check they wrote me either. God didn't tell me not to do nothing about that one. Boy, I got so many scriptures, but I ain't got time to go through that. I'm gonna tell you this: some of you've been dealing with stuff for a long time. Same old cycle, same old routine. Last year was the same as the year before. You're dealing with the same discouragement, depression, guilt, anger, hurt, harm. Yeah, you might have been rejected. You might have been abandoned. Oh, dear Jesus, hanging on a tree. I don't know. You can turn on the music. Don't turn on the music. I don't care. No, I wasn't saying that. No, I wasn't saying it like that, Chris. I'm, no, I'm saying this is what we always we know where we're headed right now, right? Let's play some music. You can turn it on. Here's the thing. Some of you, even as you sit here laughing, have so much hurt inside. Hurt. A deep wound. We know how to smile. Awful. Well, thanks. That's the only thing that looks good right now. You don't know. I try everything to make it right, and he still mistreats me. I can cook for him, bake for him. I can do everything right, and he still has those times. I don't know. Is it me? Must be me. Must be me. 
They ask everybody else to go, but they never invite me. God, it must be me. They never told me they loved me. Well, they're liars. Because Jesus loves you. Jesus did not come to condemn us came to save us and to wash us and to cleanse us and to heal us and he came he came that we would be whole he came that there would be a day that would come not on that side Jesus came there would be a day on this side that I would be able to sit among my peers my friends and feel complete inside home what the devil does is he tries to distort the word Bible says, while I was yet dead in my trespasses and sins, yet then Christ came and died for me. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, but God, I love that. I got that highlighted in my Bible. But God said you're worthy. God said you're his son. God said you're his daughter made in his likeness and in his image, and he loves you. I've lived a life so, so long. What, what, what does that mean? I'm walking in deception. That means God does not love Sister Rhonda any more than He loves me. But He does. Listen to her preach. Watch her pour out her life. God didn't call me to do what He to do. He didn't call you to do that. She's not accepted in Him for what she does. She's accepted in Him for who He is. She's a daughter. I'm a son. A joint heir with Jesus. The seed of Abraham. All the blessings of the covenant come from my house. Yeah, but you all are in ministry. No. I got in here and found out. It ain't about ministry. It ain't got nothing to do with that. All, this, all the ministry forced to perfect the saints. What? To mature them. To know who they are. God wants to heal you. Let's understand. There's some hurt and some heart in here. Some hurt and some heart. I, I just believe God wants to do something in a heart. He's going to do something in a heart. He's going to bring some healing. You ever think back to one of your times think back to one of your times when he healed a spot let's go ahead and turn that music on I'm going to pray for just a minute I'm going to say this if you've got a hurt in your heart you want God to touch it today I want you to come up I believe Holy Spirit today is going to touch hurting hearts Father, we thank you. We thank you, God. 
Jesus, when you came to this earth, you didn't come just to bring healing. But you said, Behold. Behold. say well you know you hit areas where people have an emotional place inside of them Thank you. 